Welcome to Homeschool Companion, your source for information, motivation, and inspiration. If you're part of the homeschool community or simply interested in learning more about home-based education, stay tuned. Together we'll examine the latest resources, learning styles, and teaching techniques. We'll speak with experts in the field to help you uncover every homeschool advantage. We'll also present suggestions on how to keep Christ in the curriculum as we explore fresh ways to teach and learn. Here's your homeschool companion host, author, educator, and children's ministry specialist, Dr. Rose Gamblin. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being with us. You know, I, I just feel so honored that you're listening, that you're spending some of your attention on this show. Our text today is Genesis 39.3. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. This is talking about Joseph. This is the contents of Joseph. Have you ever found yourself in a position completely opposite of where you hope to be? Well, you're not alone. Joseph, a favored child, was sold into slavery by his jealous brothers and faced the prospect of a dismal life. Still, he made the most of his situation and excelled in his lowly state. Then things got even worse. Joseph was accused of a crime he didn't commit and was thrown into prison. Most people would be downright depressed at this point, mad at the world and mad at God. But he again found favor, and this time with the prison warden, who entrusted him with important responsibilities. Afterwards, through another series of miraculous circumstances, God raised Joseph up to become Pharaoh's right-hand man. And God ultimately used this former slave and prisoner to preserve the people of Israel during a great famine. You might find yourself in a difficult training ground as well, but be assured that the same God who prepared Joseph for great things is preparing you. A person who excels in his or her work will stand before kings, Proverbs 22:29. We are raising our children with that in mind helping them to have the tools to weather difficult times. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I hold up to you today our families across the nation. We need you, Lord. Our challenges with our children. We want, ultimately, eternal life for those we love, those that are around us. May we be a light of of yours and may we understand the indwelling of your Holy Spirit in us. All this I pray in thy holy name. Amen. Ta-da! Arts and crafts. Well, you know, this is our experiential learning section and I thought let's talk about Joseph's coat of many colors. This is a really fun thing to do in a like a vacation Bible school or some kind of children's ministry activities. And you buy a bunch of colored streamers and then you divide up. You can add a roll or two of toilet paper as well. And then you and they each compete to dress one of their team members in a coat of many colors. And you can add whatever rules to it, like the person that they're wrapping up has to be able to walk because you can get it wound so tight around their legs they can't walk. Uh, it has to be able to see. I've seen some kids take it so far where they did it over the eyes and stuff, and you couldn't see. And make a time limit on it. 
is pretty fun. So whatever you do, you just have fun. And at the same time, you apply really life lessons to these great crafts. Curriculum Corner. During our Curriculum Corner, we're discussing the difference between uh, male and female learning. And of course, not all rules apply to every gender. We don't want to totally stereotype, but today we're talking about the need for hands-on learning. Now, the research in this area isn't, isn't as extensive. I looked quite a bit for it, but in my experience, and I think this is good for girls too, the be they learn better if they are active in the lesson. Uh, for one thing, if they aren't active, it means that you're doing a lecture type. You're talking to them about it. And the teacher talk should always be kept minimal. If you will notice, boys tend to be more engaged in the lesson if they have something to do with it. And part of this reason is that boys are wired to be doing. Maybe girls are wired to be dreaming. If it was totally uh, stereotypical, it might be said that way. And, and that's one of the reasons why boys are better at math. Well, they're just better uh, that part of their brain. The left side of their brain has developed more than girls. And girls, the right side of their brain is developed. You know, we're f you see how this is related. The major issues that boys have in school generally occur in the language-based classes, where much of what happens in class is reading and listening. So how do you make opportunity for students to be actively involved in your language arts classes? And that's some of the things that you as a parent, whether you're unschooling or whether you're doing a more traditional type, or if you're just focusing on the three skills, reading, writing, arithmetic, you still need to provide opportunities for the boys to be actively engaged in it. And I'm telling you, it's good for the girls too. So expand your idea here. A couple of strategies might be to duplicate a sentence onto stiff paper and cut up the words and challenge the students to put the words together to make sentences. You can do the same thing by duplicating the sentences in a paragraph and then have the students put the sentences in order. Uh, hide the sentences around the room so they actually have to go find the sentences. Have students build a map of the story by using the description of the location or something that they are reading. And that is kids like maps or the flags i've i've seen my boys really get interested into the flags so as you're thinking about educating your boys realize that there is an inborn a god-given need for hands on questions parents ask this question comes quite often and that is you know, you're a stay-at-home mom and you're not bringing in the money. How do you feel that you're contributing to the family? And this really is a question whose answers should go to the husband because the husbands need to help their wives feel valued 
And I remember back in the day when I was at home with, you know, homeschooling my two kids, I felt like I wasn't, I, I felt like I wasn't contributing to the family's budget. So I wrote down everything I did, and then I looked it up to see what the monetary value was for it. And then I wrote the amount down, and I gave my husband a bill for it. <laughs> okay, he got the point. You know, he got the point that if I should go out and work, and all those things had to be done by others, it would be pretty astronomical. Or if something should happen to me, and he had the full responsibility of the house and keeping care of the kids, it would be very expensive. Now, I'm not saying you need to do that. My marriage was quite dysfunctional, and uh, and I felt a need to do that. But I think sometimes we just need to step back and say, you know, our value, we're not defined by the paycheck we bring home. Our value is where God has it has us now. And the Apostle Paul says, be content in whatever circumstance I find myself in. And that's what you need to do at this point. I'm often asked, what are some tips and tricks that make homeschooling more efficient or enjoyable? And I think we've spent a great deal of time talking about actual strategies and things to do. But really, the joy comes from feeling called to do it. And if you aren't called to do it, remember when mama's happy, everyone's happy. So homeschooling might not be for you. I hate to see people get rabid when they're advocating for one homeschool philosophy over another, or when they're advocating for homeschooling versus traditional schooling. It is everyone's unique decision. And you know, I've made this decision to be an advocate for homeschooling. But at the same time, I remember as a young person, when I got close to high school age, that I really wanted to go to a traditional school. I wanted to experience friends and opportunities that I couldn't have at home. And, and my parents let me. So that was really nice. They gave me the choice. My brothers, on the other hand, chose to homeschool all the way through high school. And we just had different paths. It's okay. So pray for it. If you're miserable homeschooling, then that's not what God has called you to do. Well, we've come to the end of this part of our show. We're going to finish our interview with Tammy Largen, and she wrote the book, Children Are Like Arrows in the Hands of a Warrior. It will give you so much courage. Remember, you can call me anytime, 301-824-3162, or email me at myhomeschoolcompanion at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We will be right back. Please stay with us. You have been listening to Homeschool Companion, a production of MRG Media. Be sure to join us on Facebook. Just type in the name Homeschool Companion. For more on this or to contact us, go to mrgmediaministries.com. That's all one word, mrgmediaministries.com.
Welcome. I'm here with Tammy Largen, and we are talking about children are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. We enjoyed so much the first part of this interview. You know, Tammy believes that our children should not be defined by their difficulties, but we should find a way of leading them to success. And so she wants to help parents seek solutions outside of the world's norm, look past the diagnosis, uh, or, you know, nowadays everybody's getting labeled with some kind of disability. And she just wants us to look at God's plan for them. Thank you so much, Tammy, for being with us. Thank you. And I'll remind my listener they can go to TammyLargen.com to learn more. Well, we were talking specifically about your book last time, and I had some questions about, you know, we had been talking about the quiver, but let's talk about the arrows. The arrows, you know, do represent the children, because it says in the verse, you know, children are like the arrows. So what does that So I um, was looking for a way to tie all these stories about my daughter since people were asking how we raised her to have so much confidence in not just herself but in her faith and um, I kept asking God I don't know how to do that and so he gave me Psalms 127 4 which is children are like arrows I'm like how is a child like an arrow I have no clue I know nothing about archery I'm not sure how that's going to work and so I dove into doing research and I found a, um, a great group of people that do traditional archery And I went down and I watched them make arrows the way it would have been done during the time of the Bible. And um, so many things just lit up. It just answered all these questions that I thought, wow, making an arrow is so similar to raising your children and how you discipline them and how you peel the world off of them and how you, I mean, because I talk one chapter about straightening your your the shaft of the arrow because that's really the main body it's the foundation of the arrow if you don't have a nice straight shaft you can't hit the target it's just like an impossibility and shafts are chosen and then they're bound and they're kept in a in a uh, place to dry out just like the womb and it's nine months to a year and so I thought, oh, wow, that's just like our child. And then when, when the, they're ready to start being looked at, um, it, you bring them out to the sunlight, you clip all the binds off of them, just like you would clip the umbilical oil. And then you kind of look at each one individually to see what its gift is going to be. What kind of arrow are you going to make? Is it still strong enough to do what it's supposed to do? And um, things like... Uh, they talk about how they use, if the, if the shaft gets a little bent in its drying process, they use just a little heat to straighten it out. But if you use too much, you scorch it or you burn it up completely, which is really how discipline is for us towards our children. We have to remember that. Yes. Yeah. That we just need a little bit of, and we have to find that, that balance of discipline and not squishing their spirit, not taking away choice, not take, you know, consequences are good and bad. And, and that's what we get out of that shaft is the foundation of truth and, um, helping them, um, have three things, which is to be known, to be loved and to be challenged. And you're doing that to that arrow shaft when you're making it straight. Wow. That's a great analogy. So children are like arrows and then 
And then we look at the analogy of the person who's going to shoot the arrow, and you bring that out in your book. So how are, are we the parent, or is it God that takes that arrow, so or both? Kind of, yeah, it's always both, because it's a secular process. So we're the arrowish children. We're God's children, so we are constantly in arrow mode. But at the same time, God gives us children, which then brings us into that um, beginnings of being a warrior. Yeah. So he's the master warrior, and then we're the ones that work under him. And out of that, we shape our arrows and we prepare our arrows for launch. And so then those arrows get launched, and they go where they're supposed to go. And then after they get married and have children, they become the warriors of the next set of arrows that come out. And so it's just a secular process. And we as the warriors here cannot do anything without the master warrior, because just as if you were in an army, there's a chain of command. And, you know, God is, he's the head, and we can't do it without him. And so I just, I was just on my knees, so thankful for so much that he was teaching me. And I realized I've really never heard a sermon on it. Yeah. And how he just brought so many things together that were just phenomenal. Uh, So for instance, you know, I go from the shaft to talking about the the fletching, which is the the little feathers at the end of the arrow. And, um, and I think, Sometimes we forget that children need tools, and so the fletching is the tools. It's, it's what makes the arrow stay the tra- trajectory that you're sending it when you're actually shooting an arrow. Well, I consider those the tools that keep it one direction or the other, and so the tools that you put in your child's toolbox is, you know, it's yes. kind of a nice, it's, it's like, wow, okay, so what do they need that are life skills from, this, from little bitty? All the way up into adulthood, whatever you're teaching at this age gets carried. And, you know, just like the fletching gets carried with the arrow, the foundation of the arrow. So So tell me about your daughter. Where is she today? So our daughter just graduated from Florida State University with a degree in hospitality. And so she's very excited. She took a job in Napa, uh, Napa, California. Wow. Um, But she has been that arrow's going a long ways from home well we kind (laughs) of laughed because my husband goes oh really because we live in georgia yeah but i said honey that's close and he goes i don't get what you're saying i said at 17 we sent her to cape verde africa yes i'm like this is much closer than that i said and at 18 we sent her to valencia spain it's where she went to college her first year i'm like and this is still closer than that he goes okay fine (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was depleted, depleted, but he he was okay. (laughs) Yes, and and that's part. I mean, parents have to, not only do they have to, you know, you talked about discipline, uh, gentle but firm, you know, just right, not too much, not too little. But when they go to launch, I think that launching your child's almost as painful as giving birth to them. It's just an emotional, an emotional tearing away. And yet they want to go, but yet they want to stay. And they're, you know, it's a difficult time. You can have, you can have conflict that, that when you're in the midst of it, you feel, you know, 
bad about it. But then looking back, you can say, oh, that was part of their emancipation. Did you experience that with your daughter? So we, we really did. And I actually do an analogy at the beginning of the book that is our, our journey of getting in the car and launching her to Africa. And, um, and you're right. It is just that arrow has been in your quill, your yes. quiver for 18 years. And you're like, ah, but, um, we had done a lot of little opportunities for her to go away to kind of prepare our hearts as well. Yes. And, and I think it also gave her some independence to make some decisions on her own. Um, we really believe that God gives us opportunity to be, re, you know, to be responsible at a much younger age than we do here in America. Yes. I think biblically, we need to start giving that responsibility a lot younger. And as we as parents see them mature, that kind of helps a little bit with the hurt that yes. they're launching yes. wherever it is they're going. So, <laughs> Yeah, their personalities are formed and... You know, if, if they if they have a personality similar to the mom, then there might be uh, conflict just because of that. Right. Or if it's like the dad, there might be conflict because of that. I mean, I know there are components of both, but it, when you look at families and you look at children, you can easily see that hey, they're they're you know maybe they're concrete sequential or and that just. Uh, you know, it drives you crazy because you're concrete sequential, but your concrete sequential is not the same as their concrete sequential. Exactly. And so it's it's interesting to know that they are ultimately gods and what a privilege you had in their raising. That's exactly. a privilege. Yeah, I call it a steward in the book. A yeah, steward. You're a steward of the arrow. And that, let's see, I'm looking to see. Mm-hmm. Dressing for war, your quiver, doing life with your children, the release. Yeah, when you're letting them Ooh, go. Yes, yeah. letting them go. I, I know how painful it was for me. And, of course, it's been many years now. But uh, I know I know their, their God-given desire to launch. And I'm so proud because some families don't let their children launch. And their children are happy to just stay home and be taken care of. Right. I talked to one man just this week, and he was so angry at his mother. And I said, what did your mother do? And he goes, I was 35 years old, and I wanted to stay out late at night and be with my girlfriend. And the next morning when I came home, my mom gave me... She kicked me out of the house. She said, you're not following the family rules anymore. You need to go find your own way. And I go, and how old were you? <laughs> exactly. He goes, I was 35. Wow. And I said, and you are angry about that? You know, I yeah. mean, I just, I, could, I was, I thought he was joking. Right. I couldn't believe it was true, but it was true. He was dead serious. So families were talking about children as arrows in you know, that they're in your quiver as arrows. And Tammy, we've been talking to Tammy Largen. Please go to her website, TammyLargen.com, and check out the book. I'm sure you can get it at Amazon. And just know that those are God-given arrows that you have. Yes, they are. I have one last thing to say, and that is God bless. You have been listening to Homeschool Companion a production of MRG Media. 
be sure to join us on Facebook. Just type in the name Homeschool Companion. For more on this or to contact us, go to mrgmediaministries.com. That's all one word, mrgmediaministries.com.